Is Oregon's quarterback room good enough to win at the level the Duck fans want it to? We discuss what Oregon needs at the quarterback position this year and in the coming years. Plus, Oregon basketball, their tournament dreams not dead yet. They're on life support, but still hanging in there. We talk about where they stand today. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view since we're on YouTube now every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday. Like and subscribe wherever you are listening or watching right now. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to leave a nice comment, that always makes my day as well. And remember, if you want a question answered right here on the show by me for all the world to hear about, or at least everyone who watches and listens to the show, which is a lot of you Duck fans out there, tweet with the hashtag Ask LOD pod, or you can just DM at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks. Both DMs open. You can just get right up in there, get your questions answered right here on the show. And this is a question that I had. I was just kind of, I was just kind of thinking about this earlier today about Oregon, the quarterback position, because Ty Thompson is in there, Jay Butterfield's in there, and Bo Nix, the transfers, of course, in there. So it made me ask the question what does Oregon need? to win at a high level from the quarterback position. It's a valid thing to think to think about. Ty Thompson comes into Oregon as the highest rated quarterback recruit in in Ducks history. And that has led a lot of Duck fans to wanting to see him, you know, over this past season with Anthony Brown and trust me, I did at moments as well, but they they stuck with AB. We we got through it and now we're on to the next era of Oregon quarterback play, which on the whole has been pretty Pretty darn great uh, in the grand scheme of college football for the past 15 years or so. But a lot of Duck fans want him to be the next guy, and they want him to live up to you know the potential of a five-star. And you know, Bo Nix hasn't really done that, at least at this point in his career. But Ty Thompson, based on what we've seen, he, he could become a really high-level quarterback, but should that be an expectation per se, based on what we know now? Probably not. Now, maybe he is able to pop in year two and take the starting job from Bo Nix and show why he was a five-star recruit and had all the hype and all this sort of stuff. But Oregon fans, I think, want to see him evolve into a Mariota or Herbert type player because our ultimate goal here is, of course, to win a national championship. The interesting point, though, that, that I want to make today is I don't think you need necessarily a Mariota or a Herbert to win a national championship. You can do that. That's certainly one way to go about getting that 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 coveted college football trophy in your hands as a coach or a player and then, you know, we we hold it uh from afar as, as duck fans. If not if when that happens, one day it'll it'll happen. But he could certainly play at a high level. I I think that Guys who are the cream of the crop for quarterbacks tend to show it right away. You know, I mean, Marcus in year two was the starter and he took over for a really good college quarterback in Darren Thomas. And maybe Ty Thompson will be out Bo Nix for the starting job, but probably that's not going to be the case. And if he wasn't better, at least as a true freshman than Anthony Brown this past season, 
you have to be able to put that in context and say, okay, he, he's probably not going to be, you know, an all-time talent. Doesn't mean he can't be good. He, he certainly could be, but you know, Herbert came into a crumbling Oregon team, stepped in to start right away and right, right, right away. We all saw his duck fans. Oh, that's a special arm talent. He's got really, really great mobility. He's got a lot of really great traits and he ended up being one of the best quarterbacks in Oregon history, a four-year starter, of course. But the question remains, is that what Oregon needs? Do we have to always be looking for the next Mariota or Herbert to be able to get Oregon back to a national championship level, level of football? The answer, in short, I think is no. And that's going to be the first topic of, of today's show. J just for reference, here are the last 10 quarterbacks. Some of them are repeats, of course. But in the last five national championship games, here are the quarterback matchups that we've had. Stetson Bennett and Bryce Young, that was this year. Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence and Tua. Tua and Jake Fromm. And, and don't forget the honorable mentions of the list, not that far behind. Cardell Jones in 2015. We as Duck fans, unfortunately, remember that one. And Nick Marshall for Auburn in 2014. If memory serves, he was a converted wide receiver. So was Darren Thomas, I think. But anyway, do you need an elite top draft pick in the NFL type of quarterback to win a national championship? The answer is no. You, you do not. Georgia proved that this past season. There have been other teams that have achieved that feat in, in previous years. I would even argue, I know Mac Jones was a first-round draft pick, but he's not really a first-round talent. I think he's more of a third- or fourth-round talent who is capable of starting in the NFL and playing. And I know he won a bunch of games this year, but that was with the Patriots. And I think if you put him on the Jags, he looks even worse than Trevor Lawrence did this past year. And he just went to the perfect situation where he had to do the bare minimum. Mac Jones is not an elite quarterback when you look at his physical traits and just overall he's a good quarterback no doubt but what guys like that prove you don't need a high level player with unique physical gifts who are just unbelievable and have these fantastic seasons you, you just don't need all of that and I'll, I'll go more on this after I tell you that that built bar is helping me stick to my New Year's resolutions this year. It, it is. It's just easier because Built Bars are fantastic. Have you tried the Puffs? Puffs are amazing. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Truly, truly unique. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And as always, covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bars are, are really treats. They are. They're fantastic, and they will help you eat better. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Mint brownie is the best flavor, by the way. Just is. Uh, there, there are a lot of good ones out there, but I'm just telling you, mint brownie, that is the best flavor that, that they have. Back to this quarterback discussion. Do you need an elite draft pick or a high-level draft pick, a guy who is going to go to the NFL and knock it out of the park? No. The, the answer is no. You can do it that way, right? The Mariotas, the Burrows, 
the, the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence's of the world. That is one way to do it. But to say that Oregon always has to be on the lookout for, you know, how they can find the next great quarterback, that's not the only way that they can get to a national championship game. It's one way. Doesn't mean you shouldn't consider that at all. But it's not the only way. And if if Oregon doesn't have that, we as Duck fans shouldn't consider it a year of, oh, well, we can't get to a national championship game or we can't win the Pac-12. Or we can't do this or that because we don't have uh, a high-level quarterback who's got you know unique physical gifts and all these great traits and can make big plays and have huge stat lines. It's, it's not the only way to do it. It's about how the team is constructed. I mean, we had Anthony Brown this past season and won 10 games. I think we all agree. Anthony Brown had limitations at quarterback, and yet Oregon won the Pac-12 North and was one game away from going to the Rose Bowl. Now, they weren't very very close in that particular game, and part of the reason is that Anthony Brown did not play well. But I think what that shows you is if you have a guy who is not particularly gifted at quarterback or he's not an explosive player who's going to be in the Heisman Trophy discussion, he has to be smart with his decisions and be able to make the right plays at the right moments and be good in certain situations. That, that That's what you are looking for if you don't have a Trevor Lawrence, a Joe Burrow, a Marcus Mariota, guys like that who can just kind of carry your team, being at Justin Fields, being elite quarterback talents that, that project well at the next level. And, and looking, at it, looking at it for 2022, I hope if Bo Nix does end up being the starter, which he probably will, I hope he finds more success. And he'll have a much better offensive line. I've talked to people who follow Auburn football very closely. The Oregon offensive line, a lot better than what he had at Auburn. The weapons, the the running backs, I think, are there. The receivers, little unproven. Chase Coda, I think, definitely helps that quite a bit. Uh, But the the tight ends are really good. So he's got enough pieces there to be able to succeed. But if he is able to find some level of success, there's no reason Oregon couldn't have you know, a, a really good season this year, just because even if you think Bo Nix is limited. So if the team around him ends up playing really well and guys reach their full potential and stay relatively healthy, a lot of good things could happen for Oregon this year. And, and then one day, if if Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield becomes a starter and is able to slide in and do the same, I think that that would be a great thing as well. But am I looking at those two guys? And I always put Butterfield in there because he's a pretty highly rated four star and you just you never know what's going to happen. No one had ever heard really of Marcus Mariota until we had, and and he took over the the starting job from Darren Thomas. But when you have guys like that, expecting them or or feeling like we need them to become these Heisman Trophy caliber quarterbacks is a not tremendously realistic. Oregon has had one quarterback in the Heisman discussion in uh, in its. I suppose Harrington was up there as well, maybe Achilles Smith. But in the last twenty years. There's really been two guys. So expecting that you're going to get that, I don't think is particularly reasonable, but it's also not necessarily uh, the the number one thing you have to have. And I'll I'll say once again, so you don't get me misconstrued here. You could, you could, you could with a high level quarterback. And I'm not going to say no to that, but if we don't get that, it doesn't mean that I feel that Oregon can't still uh, achieve what we want. Having an elite quarterback helps but it is not a necessity. And I think Georgia more than anyone proved that this past season, they won a national championship with Stetson Bennett, who had, I don't think any other division one offers really. (laughs) He was a walk on at Georgia and he ended up winning national championship. He's probably not going to have 
much of a career, if any, in the NFL. And Jake Fromm was that close to winning a national championship. And his NFL career is not really going anywhere. He's going to be a, a career backup, which is fine and all. But just goes to show you don't have to have those sorts of guys that, that we're always looking for. You want to be able to go after, right? There's one in the class of 2023. I believe his name is Nico Lamalavea uh, from California, five-star quarterback. Oregon's in the mix. I'll talk about him on an upcoming pod. I hope the Ducks get him because I want high-level players, no matter the position, including quarterback. But if you can win a national championship with Stetson Bennett, you can win a national championship with, with a lot of guys. Let's get into basketball here. So going into Saturday on the road against number three, Arizona, Oregon men's basketball was listed as uh, one of the first four out. And that win would have been so big. It would have been huge. Game was there for the taking. It, it certainly would have put them back in the in the at-large discussion within the field of 68, which is where you want to be. And I include the, the final four or the first four games that get played on Tuesday and Wednesday before the first weekend of March Madness, the best sports weekend in the entire world, those four days. But I, I, I think that Oregon really had a chance to get there. And even if they got to remember UCLA a season ago had to do a play in game. They were a first four team. They got to the final four. It's happened before. You just have to get in and anything could happen, but they're not there right now. Currently 72nd in, in the Ken Palm rankings, which is, you know, factoring in a whole host of, of, uh, of things to, to rank teams. So Oregon outside that field uh, of 68 and, Somehow, their at-large dreams are not dead yet. If they stumble again down the stretch, it'll be Pac-12 tournament or season over. You know, or they'll they'll go to the NIT most likely. But I, I think that Oregon somehow, st- and Joe Lenardi agrees with me. By the way, their at-large bid is is alive. It's there. It's on life support. It's kind of like that scene in Red Two. If you haven't seen the Red movies, retired, extremely dangerous. Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, awesome, awesome, hilarious movies. There's a scene in the second one where Han, a uh, a Japanese hired gun, is trying to kill Bruce Willis. And he says, are you dead, Moses? And Bruce Willis says, not yet. That's Oregon right now with regards to their their at-large bid. It's not, you know, we're, we're getting we're getting shot at by a, uh, by a chain gun. But, you know, on the ground, under the van about to dig a hole and go into the ground and just, you know, stay alive for, for the time being. So get to more on, on Oregon basketball, but football season might be over, but as we're just talking about basketball season in full swing from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Oregon comes into this week 17-10 and 10 overall with four games left against four teams that this Oregon team has already beaten this season, which has to give them at least some confidence, but should also give us an indication as Duck fans of it's not as if they can't beat these teams because they've done it before. You know, maybe we should have known against Arizona State because we lost to them the first time and came around and lost to them again, which is still puzzling and infuriating in, in, in so many ways. But 
They're sitting at 17 and 10. Next four out is where Joe Lenardi has them. So there's the first four out, and they're in the next four out right now. And he, he's got them, Lenardi does, as a team that's got, quote, work to do to get back into the field of 68, which means they're alive. And have they made it a lot harder on themselves by losing to the Cows and Arizona States of the world a combined three times? Yeah, they really have. Those are what you call quad three losses. Bad power five schools that you lose to, that's usually quad three, and then quad four is like a non-power five that you should just beat no matter what. But Oregon uh, has has made it a little bit tougher on themselves. It's, it's a lot harder than it otherwise would be if you just beat the bad teams that you're supposed to beat. They'd be sitting at 20 wins. or They'd be 20 and seven. They'd be squarely in the field, and I wouldn't say that they need to do anything, but they've got four games left, and you've got UCLA, number 13 UCLA on Thursday, number 17 USC on Saturday, and then the Washington schools last week, and they beat UCLA on the road, 84-81 in overtime. USC 79-69, a game in LA that they never trailed. And then they beat Washington, trounced them 84-56. And then Washington State, not that long ago, 62-59. So four good outcomes. If you are able to somehow repeat what you did against these four teams from earlier in the season and do it again here to end, Oregon could be in really, really good shape. And they don't have to go 4-0, I don't think, to get back inside the field of 68 or at least give themselves a good chance to be there which is really all they can do at this point if they can go three and one and add a couple wins in the Pac-12 tournament I think they could make it into that group that's categorized as the last four in uh I I I really do even if that includes you know playing a, a first round game where you're playing on Tuesday or Wednesday, wouldn't care. Just extend the season, stay alive. You never know what's going to happen. It's March Madness. Anything can happen, for goodness sakes. It is the craziest time of the year. It is also one of my favorite times of the year, and it's followed by the Masters as well. So who doesn't love that? If they can go three and one, if, if they beat both L.A. schools and only have to beat one of the Washington schools to get there, they'd be in a really good spot. I don't think that that's likely because this team – If they can play with the urgency that they showed Saturday against Arizona, that intensity, that grit, and that fight, they could win the number of games they need to get in. They could. I I think that that is totally possible. The problem has been you don't know what you're going to get from them on a nightly basis. And hopefully they sense the urgency of the moment. I mean, usually you want your team, as a coach, you want your team to just, you know, ignore the media noise, focus on the opponent yet. This team clearly needs something to get motivated. And playing at Arizona in a rowdy environment, that fired them up. But playing at Arizona State in a mediocre environment against a bad team, that didn't fire them up. And they came out flat, and they they got their butts kicked in Tempe. So I hope they do look at the fact that right now they're sitting as one of the next four out, and they use that as motivation to, to value every possession, every second of the game, and that you've got 160 minutes left in the regular season, and it has to be some of the best basketball you've played all year if you want to you know, have a chance to make a run in, in March Madness. But the last four in-group right now is currently occupied by Memphis, San Diego State, Indiana, and Michigan, even though Michigan lost to Wisconsin on Saturday. Just goes to show you something I, I said yesterday on the pod. Losing to good teams does not hurt you that much right? Beating a good team 
has a greater impact on your resume than losing to a good team. So that Arizona loss, you know, that's why Oregon's still in that uh, that group of eight teams fighting to get inside the bubble because it was a loss to number three Arizona. But Lenardi says they have work to do, and the opportunity, therefore, is still there. And Joe Lenardi's word is all I need to see in terms of bracketology. And uh, we'll, we'll close the day with this. Dana Altman, this is just something worthy of note. Dana Altman has won 21 or more games in every single year he's coached at Oregon. In his first year, they went 21 and 18, and they won the CBI. Now, that's including their postseason record. So they didn't have 20 wins in the regular season, but then they won a few in the CBI, College Basketball Invitational. For those of you who don't know, it's a tournament that's below the NIT, which is below March Madness, of course. The Ducks sit at 17 and 10 right now. You've got four regular season games left and the Pac-12 tournament. Be interesting to see if Dana Altman is going to be able to get to that 21-win threshold or else we could be looking at, at least statistically, the worst season Dana Altman has ever had in Eugene. And as far as worst seasons go, potentially, again, there's still a long ways to go. Don't give up faith. Don't give up hope. They're just, just keep some faith. Take it one game at a time. As far as the worst season you've ever had go, Winning around 20 games is pretty darn good. There are a lot of teams that would love to win 20 games in Oregon. The fact that we're in that sort of position and not feeling good about it and we're uneasy and frustrated and, you know, seeing that this team is not reaching its full potential, that's a testament to how good of a coach Dana Altman is. So no matter how this season ends, there should be no heat at all on Dana Altman. None whatsoever. That is a non-starter for me. I 100%. But they're keeping the hope alive. They, they're keeping it alive as best they can. And if you sweep the L.A. schools again, it'll just be the biggest roller coaster of emotions imaginable compared to what we've gone through in the last couple of weeks as Duck fans. If you've been following them game by game, which you should. I, I don't see them beating both L.A. schools, but three and one, I could definitely see that. You got two home games left in the season. USC, UCLA. Hopefully they can get up for one of them. You get a win there and then beat a couple of uh, of schools from the state of Washington that are, you know, decent. They're respectable, but they're also beatable. And th- they're teams that could beat Oregon as well. But we'll just have to see how how it all plays out. And, uh, you know, somehow, some way they're, they're, they're not alive. They've been down, but they're not quite out for the count just yet for for an at large. But maybe I'll be coming on here in a couple of weeks saying, all right, we have to win the Pac-12 tournament as they had to in 2019, which they did. So you never know. Just uh, just that time of year, anything can happen. I appreciate everyone listening and watching. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.